Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why and how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio, and today I got a special guest for you. I think you'll dig this dude, man, because I dig him. His name is Sam Silverstein. Sam, how are you doing today, man? I'm amazing, Victor. It's great to be here with you. You're going to love it. I got a good group of people, and they want great content from you. So, Sam, you better bring it today, man. And Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot now. I got, I got to put you on the spot. Sam, let them know who you are, because today we're going to talk about accountability, and you're that guy. You're the person that talks about accountability. Give me just a little background of who you are and how you came about this topic of accountability. I've built a couple of sales and, and manufacturing distribution organizations over the years, but a while back, I just started to notice people were coming to me and saying, thank you for the advice that you gave me. And I didn't even remember giving it to them in the first place sometimes, Victor. I got to be honest with you. And then I started thinking, well, if I really tried to make a difference, what kind of difference could I make? And so that's when I wrote my first book. And 10 books later and, and a whole bunch of other stuff has passed through. But my focus is on accountability because what I discovered is that accountability is the foundation for becoming the best that we can become, both individually, but also as an organization. Now, how do you define, because everybody has their own definition of accountability, right? So let's Using your phraseology, let's put a framework around this thing so my folks can understand. Frame it up for me. Okay. So let me just tell you right off the bat, everything we've been taught about accountability is wrong. Accountability is not a way of <laughs> doing. Accountability is a way of thinking. And specifically, it's how we think about people. It's how we think about ourselves. It's how we think about others. Um, accountability, very simply, is keeping your commitments to people. So accountability is keeping your commitments to people. I define a commitment as no matter what. So it's absolute. It's not, well, yeah, I'll come on your podcast unless uh, someone, you know, with a bigger podcast calls me. No, I said I'd be here. I'd be here at a certain time. I'm here. I'm committed to you. But commitments, there's tactical commitments and there's relational commitments. Getting your report done on time, delivering the goods, turning in your sales reports, those are all tactical commitments. But relational commitments, a commitment to the values, a commitment to it's all of us, a commitment to stand by you when all hell breaks loose, a commitment to honesty. There's 10 specific relational commitments that define what accountability really is because accountability is always between people. We're responsible for things we're accountable to people. I got to ask you this question. I didn't think about it until now. You said that. You talked about tactical and commit, no, relational, right? And But what about like to yourself? Do you know what I mean? How, how would you bring that into me? Like, how is there such a thing as accountability to yourself? And how would you tie those to the other two? So what has to happen is... For instance, values. In an organization, accountability is one of those commitments is a commitment to the values. Well, while that applies on an organizational level, it starts with us as an individual. Have I created a set of values for myself? Am I living those values? Am I, am I adjusting the values to the situation? Am I adjusting my values to close the deal? Um, if I'm not living my, if I haven't identified my values and I'm not, I'm not living them consistently day in and day out, then I am not accountable as an individual because I'm not keeping those commitments to myself. I, I, I like that. So, so because I've never heard anybody dig into this. So I, I, I'm excited because this is like an opportunity to really dig into this. Uh, so you talked about you defining your set of values. Do you know, I mean, walk me through that process because I don't think people even think of that. 
like you define your set of values. Well, just walk me through the process of how you would do that and how somebody would go about doing it. Well, actually, you know, we we go we deep dive this not only in some of my books, but in our pivot course. And it just changes people's lives, Victor, because, you know, if you if you ask somebody, do you have do you live by a set of values? Do you have values? They're like, sure, I do. But very few people have actually taken the time to to write it down, to figure out what it is. And so it's an in-depth process, but I want to know who do you who do you admire? Who's your hero? Tell me some of your heroes, Victor. Real, uh, now, wait, wait, okay. here are the qualifiers, buddy. They can be real or imagined, real or imagined. Superman is imagined. He's not real. They can be live. They don't have to be. You, you may never have met them. They don't even have to have lived during our era. So give me three of your uh, heroes. So uh, I would say Ayn Rand. Who okay. Wrote the book Atlas Shrugged. Of course. Uh, Prince. <laughs> okay. Artist formerly known as Prince, right? The symbol. Uh, and I'd say Zig Ziglar, the salesman. Okay. Now, see, I figured for sure you'd say Uncle Ben from Uncle- Spider-Man. <laughs> no, but, no. But, you know, that's okay. Okay. Um, all right. So what is it What is it about Ayn Rand that, that uh, why, yeah, like, why'd you? I, I think she was the first one that really brought this whole thing about setting up, you know, your code of ethics, your morality. Which is kind okay, of so one of her characteristics that you bought into was uh, ethics and morality, right. all right? That you okay. had to Prince, Yeah. Right? Uh, Prince, what's the characteristic that you admire? Uh, what, do you, what do you call it? A person, he knew so many instruments, and was, so I don't know how to phrase that. He just knew so many things, but he was, a ta- he was talented. He had a, a breadth of knowledge. Okay, professionalism, breadth of knowledge, uh, attention right. to detail. There's, there's a lot that, that could be yeah. in there. Right. And then uh, um, Zig, Speaking which, by style. the way, by the way, I sat with Zig on the steps of uh, the Lincoln Memorial one time. It was quite an interesting uh, situation. Um, so cool. why Zig? Uh, speaking style. Speaking style. Okay, yeah. so uh, uh, there, again, could be potentially an expertise or ability to relate to people, ability to connect. Oh, or Within that authenticity, if I were to d- drill deeper, authenticity. Perfect. Yeah. Authenticity. Okay, so if you were to do this, if you were to take a list of, say, five people, and you were to list all, the, you know, as many characteristics as you could between five and ten, and then that's where we would start and boil down. So we've already okay. said okay. authenticity, ethics, and um, and By professionalism. Way, would, be, would, would, would Prince be continuous learning? Would that be a... You know what I mean? Because that's kind of how I see them. Yeah. It's continuous learning, always learning there you something. Go. So okay, that could be continuous you. learning. So that's the beginning of discovering what your values are. That's part of that process. It's 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 thinking about it and identifying heroes and the characteristics about them that you admire is a way to is to way to engage our thought process to come up with well, what is it? that we embode? What do we want to live? And so this is, uh, and I'm giving you, I'm giving you the shortcut version. Okay, um, no, no. So I, I got to ask this question. So I'm a salesperson, right? What, why, why should I define my beliefs? Why, why do I need to list this stuff out? Well, if you don't, if you don't know, 
oh my gosh, everything depends on what you believe. If you don't know what you believe, you'll never have consistent direction. You'll never be able to make decisions. Everything you ever achieved, everything that you do is a direct result of what you believe. And so it's critical that we know what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about other people, what we believe around the about the world around us. You know, in sales, you go and you're in front of a client. What you believe about that individual is going to impact how you act towards that individual. Is what, Do you believe it's just about the sale? Is that all that matters is closing the sale? Or do you believe that I'm here to serve the client to the highest level? And serving that client to the highest level might mean my product isn't a good fit. What is it that you, if you don't know what you believe, you'll never be able to act consistently and, and certainly you'll never be able to act ethically and, and with character over the long haul. It's critical. Yeah, you know, a lot I, of times, I, go ahead. No, I was going to bring up, you know, you reminded me of Walt Disney. I think it was Walt Disney who says when, when ethics are clear, decisions are easy. It's when people flounder with their ethics or value system that they don't know how to make a decision. What say you, as they say? Well, I say, read my book, Non-Negotiable. That's what it's about. Now, I'm not pumping the book, Victor. No, the point is, the title of the book is Non-Negotiable for a reason. And that's because if, if, if you say that your value is integrity, if that's a value of yours, okay, well, I'm going to ask you, okay, Victor, where is it showing up? Tell me right. where it's showing up in your life. Because well, if it's not showing up- I got to ask you, because I, I want to drill here. This is a good place to drill. So integrity, tying it back to a salesperson, how would you help a salesperson define integrity? Like drill deeper on that one word. Everybody says integrity, but what does that mean? Okay, so that's that's my, okay. So once you identify the values that, that you believe make up who you are, and a lot of times people will say, well, is that the goal or is that where I'm at? No, it's where you're at. If it's a goal, it's not a value. If you're not living it, it's not a value. Mm. Then there needs to be a narrative. What's the narrative? of integrity because Victor, if I said, tell me what integrity is, write it down on a piece of paper. And I wrote it down on a piece of paper. We'd probably have, they might be similar, but we'd have two different descriptions and we would step it out differently. So my value set, my value set is integrity, respect, and significance. That's right, Victor. I live so by I'm the code. Push you for, I'm gonna push you for a little because I want my answer here because I know people want this one. Let's stick with integrity for now. Integrity. Yeah. What would you write down? You, you say, well, I'm going to tell you. All right, give it to I'm, me. I'm going to tell you, buddy. Integrity for me is I make decisions based on the belief that my word is my bond and that doing what is right is always the right thing to do. And I commit to this no matter what. That's my narrative for integrity. That's how I step out integrity in my life. Love it because I, I think salespeople need to. And the reason I'm hammering this one home on integrity is that because salespeople have this negative connotation because they've seen the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Arthur Miller, Death of a Salesman type of movies, Boiler Room, where people are lying to the customer just to complete a sale, as you said earlier. And the reason I think defining integrity, what that really means, I, I, for me would mean in the face of losing a sale, I'd rather lose the sale than lie to my customer and make money. That would be part of my integrity definition. And Absolutely. That's, that's what we're asking salespeople to do. Define what that really means. And if you know mm -hmm. what that means, what you're saying is, again, you'll be able to make easier decisions. Exactly. So you, ha you had integrity and then you had, I, I love significance. Hit me with that one. <laughs> 
So my narrative for significance is I create meaning in my life and the lives of the people around me. I look for ways to create significance for my family. I make the effort to get to know people. I look for potential in people with whom I'm in contact. I encourage people. I participate in the community and I work to make a difference. So Sam, I'm going to push you again. Sam, that's all nice, Sam. That's very good. Right? I can hear the beautiful music and the angelic music in the background. I get it. But I'm a sales guy, Sam. I'm a sales guy. And I want to know, what does that mean to me on a daily basis? What does the significance mean? How can significance, understanding significance, help me on a daily basis close more sales? Well, this is my value. It doesn't have to be your value. But I want you to help, my- me. You to help me with my value. So I, I, you, you got me on the sofa. You're psychoanalyzing me. Go for it. Well, if in my value, and you know I have a long background in sales before I started doing all of this, um, here's how I see it. I, I care about people. I want people to do well. I want my customers to do well. If, if I'm selling to a business, I want the business to do well. You know, in, in this business, we work with clients around the world. We make a sale. Um, when I make a sale to a client, whether it's in Des Moines or whether it's in, uh, in the Middle East, I want to see that organization do better. That's, that's part of who I am. And it connects not just to, it doesn't just connect to my, my values, but it connects to my purpose. And so it, it, creating significance is what I'm all about. If you're in sales, let me tell you something. If you're in sales and you don't care about how your clients are doing, then you're missing the boat. You might make the sale today, but the goal in sales is not just to make a sale. It's long-term sustainability in building a career. It's building re customers. It's, it's building referrals. That comes because people know that you care about them. And if that's not part of your DNA, you may be able to set the record for sales today or this week, but long-term, you'll never outsell someone that cares about the people that they're calling on. I, believe, I, I truly believe that. That's why I was pushing you hard on that one, because I think a lot of salespeople don't really understand the significance in the actual sale, the transaction, which is helping a company grow. And I always say, you help a company grow, they got a bunch of employees, and they're more secure, they're growing. That should make you feel good. Beyond the paycheck, so to speak, uh, that's where you find significance. So you had integrity, significance, you had a third one. You don't remember my third value? No, I lost, sorry. <laughs> respect, <laughs> respect. respect. Okay. Um, and that's all. I see all people as equal. I value other people's opinions, appreciate their beliefs, and 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 just you know and recognize the importance of their priorities and that it's, it's really I love that easy. line by the way Re- recognize the importance of their priorities do you know what i mean that that's like true selling that that's a beautiful phrase because what you're saying is look i'm really in your shoes you're taking your point of view and i understand that you're looking at it from another lens so to speak and your priorities are different and our our job in sales is to try to find a way to align our priorities and their priorities so we can actually close the sale. I love that part. I, and that, that piece of respect, again, is part of the sales ethos that should be promoted more. Well, and that's why we have challenges within cities and communities is because we don't take the time to get to know other people's priorities, what their needs are, what their concerns, what their fears, what their challenges are. And it's the same thing in sales. If you're a sales leader, you need to get to know your salespeople, what their needs, their priorities, 
what's going on in their world. If you're a salesperson out in the field, what, how, define the field, whatever you want. You could be on the phone, you could be belly to belly um, with someone in their place of business. Um, if you're not taking the time to get to know the other person and what their needs and concerns are, you'll never be able to serve them to the highest capacity. And there is something to that, right? And so let's bring accountability back. We're, we're, we're talking about a framework here. And so how does it, and in the pre-show, we, we, we talked about a little framework here. I'm going to give you four words and you can t- attack them any way you want. How does it help with retention, performance, motivation, satisfaction? Which one do you want to tackle first? No, boy. Well, um, I think all of these are derivatives. All of these are outflows. Mm-hmm. Um, just as um, a customer experience is an outflow. All these are outflows from an organization's culture. And so a culture that prioritizes accountability, what's going to happen, I know for a fact, because we, we've created an assessment, we go into organizations and we see this, is if you're prioritizing accountability in an organization, which means keeping your commitments to people, which means relational commitments, which means you care about people, you're building relationships, then, you know, when you're going to, you look, if I know that you care about me, you're my sales manager, and I know that you care about me, not just the numbers at the end of the week, you care about Sam, you care about my family, you care about how I'm growing as an individual. Don't you think that that my job satisfaction goes up? Don't you think that there's higher retention of, of good people? Not only, and retention, Victor, as you know, is only half the equation. It's, all, it's attraction. Not only are you retaining the best, but you're attracting the best. Um, Because I know you care about me. And so retention goes up. Motivation. Am I motivated? You bet I'm motivated. You care about me. You're committed to stand by me when all hell breaks loose. Well, I'm going to stand by you when all hell breaks loose. Mm. Well, and and, and so so that goes up. Performance. Well, that's all going to drive performance. I'm a more more highly engaged individual. I'm going to be more productive. I want to work harder. I don't want to let you down. It all shows up on the bottom line. You know, it, it, you just, you know, by the way, that was great. I mean, it's, it, there's so much to break down in that one, but I, but I love the culture piece. When you go into organizations, Sam, and you're presenting the, you know, your, your, your pivot program, or you're doing the assessment first, rather, you know, what do you see that managers, sales managers uh, specifically are doing wrong? I mean, what are some of the, like the day-to-day stuff? Give me the real granular stuff that, that they could just, if they just corrected that little thing, that little thing right there, or you know what I mean? What do you see? You know, I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you this question, but if sure. you if you replay if you replay the last however long we've been on this conversation, um, what are the themes? The, uh, you know, the themes are uh, I still say it's integrity, follow through, commitment, relationship, really care about the other person. Uh, the consistent part yeah. is caring, I guess. Oh. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That's th- there you go. And so you're not talking about tactical or transactional. Mm-hmm. You're talking relational. But even it, so, so I'm going to push you on that because it, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, but like sometimes I'm a manager. I haven't been properly trained as a manager. I want you to Who's see me that way. Whose fault is that? Okay. Whose fault well, is that? Well, wait, wait a minute. Before we, before we go there, wait, wait. But let's <laughs> just say uh, the Peter principle has been invoked, okay? I've been promoted to a position of incompetence. Here I am, Okay, right? so there's a leadership so, problem in your organization. Okay, that put, put that aside now. Just look at okay. me. Focus on me, Sam. Focus on me. I'm, I'm a manager. I'm in, I, it's nepotism. I'm in this position. I don't know how to be a manager. 
you know, I guess I see a lot of people who are promoted to positions they shouldn't be in. To your point, you're absolutely right. It's a leadership problem. There was no training, no formation. But I guess I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to help these managers who have been put in these positions. Maybe a salesperson who's been taken out of the field, put in a management position, has never done it. Doesn't know where to start. Nobody's giving them guidance. Where do I begin? What are some of the, the things, just little things that I can do tactfully, tactfully during the day to kind of make this culture come about? All right. Well, we're dealing with a situation that's less than ideal and we need to try and improve on the situation. And so if, if, if that, if that woman or man came to me and said, what can I do? I would say, start with yourself and understand what it is that you believe, what it is that you value. Beliefs are inward facing, values are outward facing. Um, Now, does your organization have a set of values that they say they believe? And I say that, I say that with that attitude in my voice because just because they're on print, just because they're on the website doesn't mean they really believe them. Um, in most cases, they don't. And you can see that by the actions. I said, take those values, take your values, align everything up and lead through those values. Make sure that those values are in play in everything that you do. Make sure that those values are in play in everything that your people do. And if, if nothing else, your number one goal is the success of the people around you. Strive to help them be better. And if your people know that you want them to be better, then even through uh, mistakes, even through stumbling, they'll be there for you because they know that you're there for them. That's where I'd start. So, so I love that. So look at your own belief system, right? Here's who I am. Here's how I roll, right? This is what the companies say, how they roll. And again, there's always some inconsistency, but we look for alignment where they do align, right? So now I'm training somebody. I got some salespeople I got to work with. Now I got a guy, his name is Sam, little Sam, right? I got it. He's my new sales guy. And so I got to really teach him about accountability. Little Sam doesn't know, right? So I'm going to walk little Sam through the process of, hey, first of all, let's figure out what your belief system is. And then I can make adjustments as a manager. Would that be a good first step? Absolutely. Or or let's have that conversation. Yeah. So would you have a conversation like that? Like if you had to train somebody, you know, you're, you're, you're Sam, the big manager now training little Sam, you know, what would be your conversation? What does that sound like? So what I would do is I would go, I, I, on, during the interview process, before the gentleman or the lady is even hired, I would go, here, here are the values of our organization. This is how we operate. And, and I would review that and I would go, how, how, do you align with that? How do you feel about that? Because mm-hmm. those values, if, if you can't live the values, you're not going to be a fit here. Because you know what? On my sales team, we live these values. And this mm-hmm. is this is this is this is how we roll. The values are the house rules. Now, an aside, a great set of values connects to four areas. One of those areas are internal relationships. All right, because guess what? You know, if Victor and Sam can't get along, and we're fighting all the time, then the boss should come in and say, "All right, you guys, you either figure it out, or I'm going to figure it out for you." Meaning, we can't right. stay. Um, 
And so that's where I would start. I would start with the values. I would want to make sure that I'm living those values first, that I'm modeling those values. I'm teaching those values to my people. Now, none of this has anything to do with sales, but people don't connect on products. They don't connect on services. They don't connect on processes. People connect through values. And so that's what I want to do is I want to build this cohesive team of people who want to be together, who have each other's backs. Victor wants to help Sam succeed. Sam wants to help Victor succeed. Now, once you have that foundation, let's layer on top sales techniques. Let's layer on top product knowledge. Let's layer on top technology. All the tactical stuff goes on top of that foundational and relational piece. I love that. Uh, I had a boss, one of my, uh, you know, back in the day boss, and he was always about short story. uh, Don't lie to me. Tell me what you did and I won't get mad. If I find out on my own, I'm going to get mad. Sounds so like that, my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so his rule was, yeah, his rule was, we're always up front. But I like what you said also. So that could be one value system, right? Always be up front, always be direct. Let's handle conflicts directly. Easy one, but it's amazing how people avoid that sometimes. The right. second one you said is that you value the, the internal relationships among team members. And I love that because that's another value system, right? I said, by the way, here's how we play. We play nice. We support each other. We help each other. Are you about that or not? If not, well, don't be here. And then I think the, I wanted to ask you, how do you, how, this is an easy one for you, but I still want to hear your answer to it, is, is consistency. If I'm a manager with a belief system, uh, hit me with consistency here. And I'll well, just leave it at that without leading you. Yeah. And that's why the book was titled Non-Negotiable because that's what it's, it's not, if the values aren't non-negotiable, they're not your values. Um, I'm sitting in front of uh, 40 executives in Dallas, Texas. We're doing what I call an accountability roundtable. And the question that I throw to the audience is, your number one salesperson is disrespecting two, two people on the support team. What do you do? And the gentleman oh, sitting just front and center to the left, he says, a CEO of his organization, he says, I move him to a corner office so he doesn't have to interface with as many people. So with him, it's, it's, it's all about production. If you produce, you can act any way you want. Well, how do you think the other people in that organization feel? Do they enjoy working there? Hell no, they don't enjoy working there. They don't want to work with that creep. Not only that, they know their boss doesn't have their back and they know their boss doesn't believe in them. Now, the, now, if Victor... Now you're talking, see, see, Sam, now you're talking to me, Sam. Now you're talking to me. <laughs> okay. So now, if Victor is the CEO of this organization, and Victor says, you know what? This is what we say our values are. This is how you treat people. You know, we've talked about it. Um, you know it. I've, I've talked to you personally about it. This isn't going to work. Um, we're just going to have to let you go someplace where your behavior is acceptable. Now, you just let Joe go, the number one salesperson. What is Sam thinking? Sam on the sales team is thinking, oh my God, Victor really believes this stuff. He really believes in these values. Not only that, he cares about us. He knows how toxic Joe was and he pulled him out. And not only that, oh my gosh, he thinks we can take up the slack. And now I'm huddled around the table with the other sales team and I'm going, what are we going to do to not let Victor down? And so now you're getting the very best out of us. You're motivating us to want to be our best. You had our backs. We're going to have your back. Now, 
If you're looking at the bottom line today, you're going to make a tactical decision and you're going to move your number one producer into the corner. And if you're an accountable leader and you really believe that those values are your values and you've done all those things I talked about, you're canning Joe and you're going with the team that you have and you'll find someone else to replace Joe with. And you know what? Everyone will get better and you'll have a stronger company. And I guarantee it'll be more profitable over time. Man, you... I want you to take that video clip and just make that a part of your, your website. That's, it, it, it's, it's well said because that it goes back to courage of conviction. Do you really believe it? Well, there's consequence to everything, right, Victor? And so the consequence of inaction in this situation is, is you're basically saying anything goes around here. As long as you can close the deal, you can act how you want to act. Well, you know, then you might as well strap it on because people are going to be coming in with guns on their sides and, right. and knives in their holsters and, and it's, it's all out war. Or yeah, you I, say, I, this I, is, I, I'm sorry, you know, Sam, I, I, I want to emphasize because I, I really want to drive this home because what you're saying is so like, ah, it's like right there, man, because I've seen managers who worry about the number and somebody says something, they always rationalize why they shouldn't take action. And we all know what the word rationalize means, right? The ability to ration lies to yourself because that's what people do, right? And especially for me, what I've noticed, it'd be interesting to see if you've noticed this, uh, international markets are notorious for this. International markets are like, people are so worried about their jobs and security that I, I've seen managers bend integrity like into a pretzel, you know, and still rationalize it. You know, yep. talk to me about the rat. I want you to talk to managers right now who may be committing this sin right now of doing short-term gain for long-term loss, reversing that one, because they'll keep the, the, the bad salesperson who's not getting along because they think in the long run they'll win, but they're really losing. Talk to me about that. So my question is, what do you believe? Yeah. So is it okay to lie, cheat, and steal all if that all delivers on the bottom line? And they say, well, no. Well, but but you're allowing this and this and this and this to go on. You say you have these values, but and the, and then they that's when they go into their rationalization. When I'm involved with an organization, I cut it off at the pass. I chop them off at the knees. And yep. you know what? I tick some people off. And there's some people that probably, you know, that that don't want to work with me because of the fact that I'm not going to allow them under my watch to go astray. Either either these are your values or they aren't. If you're not going to live this if you're not going to live with integrity, then take it off your list of values because otherwise you're just a liar. And who wants to do business with a liar? And you know, I do business we're, you and I are all around the world and you go into different countries and there's different cultures and, and all different things are acceptable. But I, I don't, but they say they believe the same thing. And so this is part of my responsibility. Most leaders don't realize they have, and whether you're a sales leader or wherever you are in the organization, you have the right to say, this is what we believe and then stick to it. You Sam, have you the right to do that. Do you challenge managers when you, you know, because I want people listening to this say, ah, this is the guy I want to bring in. Do you challenge managers? You, you're doing, you've been invited to do this accountability workshop. You do this assessment. You ask the tough questions. You give them that hypothetical situation. And they give you that, that line. I stick him in the corner so he doesn't have to interact. Do you go after him? I just want to know. Do you go after him? <laughs> just want to know, Sam. Do you go after him, brother? Well, I'm gentle, but... 
Yeah, I don't let, I do not let them just get away with that nonsense. But here's what I also know. The truth of the, of the reality is that uh, everyone won't work with you. Everyone won't work with me. That gentleman, if, if in a short conversation, and I'm literally talking five, 10 minutes, if he doesn't see the light about what he's doing wrong when I lay it out there for him, it's not a good fit for either one of us. And right. so I, I want to work with someone, you know, I had someone one time that said, we don't have any values. Can you help us with our values? I go, I go, of course, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it turns out he, they did have values, but they weren't identified, codified. He, he was living by, so he right. says, okay, I'm going to bring the, uh, the three key executives. We'll sit around the table. We'll figure this out. I said, no. I said, John, that's not how it works. I said, we're going to bring a cross section of your organization and do this. And he said, "Real everyone?" I said, "Yeah, we're going to bring a cross section of your. We need we need to bring them all to the table, but to rep they need to be represented. They need to have a voice." I said, "You have to trust us. This is how this will give you a much better result." And he was like, "Huh? Well, I never really thought of doing it that way, but you're the expert. Let's do it that way." And they did it that way. And what happened was absolutely amazing. Literally ten months later, he told me they tripled productivity in their organization. Tripled productivity. Now, so my point being is, he had a vision of a way of doing it. But when I shared with him the way that that I believe it needs to be done, he was open and receptive. And that's why we work together. Um, if somebody is 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 just is willing to let anyone stay in the organization just because they produce. It's not going to be a good fit because one of my tenants is you 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 commit to live the values and that individual is not committing to living their values or they don't even have values. Yeah, that's and oh, a non-negotiable value is a positive standard that respects the rights of others and is absolute absolute. So, a non-negotiable core value is a positive standard that that respects the rights of others and is absolute. That means I have to live it as a leader. You have to live it. Everyone has to live it. And as leadership, it's my responsibility to make sure that everyone lives it equally. Yeah. You, there's a lot to unpack there, but what, one of the things, yeah, no, good stuff, man. Good stuff. One, one of the things is that I, when you said, hey, t help me define my values, as, as, as cheeky as that was, it's true. There's a lot of people who, like, I don't know, they have no nobody is devoid of values. We all have values. It's, some are um, they're just maybe not really conscious of their values. But you know, when you're working with managers and you feel that pushback, right? You know, what are your, some of your strategies to try to get across the long term benefit of them getting everybody in the boat, so to speak? Well, you know, we we have all kinds of documentation that shows that when you build a culture that prioritizes accountability, you have the best leadership, um, creativity and innovation goes up, the willingness mm -hmm. to change goes up, you have increased communication among your people, Team, when you have better communication, you have better teamwork, you have a more safe environment. I'm not talking physically safe, which you do have a more physically safe environment, but emotionally safe. People are willing to share, people willing to talk. Your engagement goes up, your productivity goes up, and your profitability goes up. We know that happens, right. but someone has to be willing to believe that that's the road. And if they're just looking, which so often they're just looking for what's our quarterly results? What are our what are our numbers this month? What did you do today? If that's how they're looking at it, they will never come around um, mm -hmm. to, to see what it is they need to do. 
most organizations, like the CEO that I shared with you that say they tripled their productivity, he never met his goals. The goals that he set were never that high. He would have never mm. set goals that high. Mm. But yet now he's achieving beyond his wildest dreams. That's what accountability produces in an organization. I love it. The, you know, there is something to be said about, and this could be another discussion, but if somebody's already set in their, they have a set point of values, I guess my question, is it possible to find a way to hold up the mirror to their face and get real change within them. Have you seen that? Is it possible? You know, the answer to that is yes, because I'm not the person today that I was five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I would like to believe in my heart that I'm a better person. And there's something that that people have, have have said to me, Sam, you always, it's, it always seems like you're trying to get better. That really is what I'm trying to do because part of my purpose is helping people to be their best, to, be, to discover their potential. And I can't give you what I don't have. And so if I want you to be better, I got to get better. And if I can do it, other people can do it. So I know it's possible. I don't know that everyone's open to it. Some people think they have all the answers. Look, a good friend of ours, and you know who I'm talking about, called me a couple of months ago. Um, He said, Sam, he was all excited because, well, you'll know why he was excited. He said, Sam, I was just sitting at the table with three CEOs. And one of the CEOs said, I've got enough accountability in my life. I've got a wife. I've got an executive assistant. I don't need any more accountability. And so he called to share that, obviously, because he knows that's my thing. And he knew I would I would get off on that. And so the reality is here's someone who doesn't understand what accountability is. He doesn't understand as a leader that his number one responsibility is the success of other people. And he doesn't understand that as a leader, not only is he accountable for each and every person in his organization, he's accountable to each and every person in his organization. And if he thinks that because he's the CEO that he doesn't have to be accountable to them, then he He's got it all wrong. Now, that doesn't mean they won't make money. That doesn't mean that they can't be profitable, but they'll never be as good of an organization as they could be. They'll never retain the greatest people. They'll never attract the greatest people, and they'll never just slaughter the competition because of building an amazing culture that prioritizes accountability. Well said. Can't any more to that. I love that. Tell me about your program, Sam, the Pivot program. Tell me about you know, I have a company, you come visit my company. How does the process work? Well, Pivot is a program that's designed, Pivot is actually a course that we take um, leaders and people through where they actually go through the process of discovering what their foundation, their beliefs, their core values, they identify their purpose, they identify their mission, which is your purpose in action. We know that when all those things are in alignment that you operate at a much higher degree of, 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 of uh, performance and execution. And so we help people through that process first as individuals and then position them to apply that to their organization. And so it creates better leaders. It creates better spouses. It creates better people in the community. And that's just one of the things that we do to help people bring accountability in their life, bring accountability in their organization. And then ultimately my mission is to build a more accountable world. What if there's somebody out there going, you know, this sounds a lot like, you know, very, high-level, ethereal, existential, soft stuff that doesn't matter to me. I don't think I need this. What do you say to those people who are listening right now that maybe this isn't for them? 
have a nice day. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's Go like, on, Sam, you got to be a better sales. You're on the sales influence podcast. We sell here. I know, well, I because here's that. the, th here's what I know. Here's what I know. I can't be all things to all people. And okay. if people don't, and so if you're strictly, if your mind is closed to the relational side of your business, here's, here's what I know. The tactical side of your business I don't care what business you're in. I can be as good tactically as you. You know why? Because I've got Google. I can go out and discover all the tactics. I can buy the software. I own a manufacturing business, big manufacturing, um, sales. I can buy all the software, the hardware. I can I can do all that stuff. But the thing that I can't replicate is, is the relational side of the business. The tactical side of the business does not improve the relational side of the business. But when you maximize the relational side of your business, whether you're in sales or whatever, then what happens is all of a sudden you discover new tactics that weren't ever discovered before because there's a level of commitment. There's a level of loyalty. There's a level of I would rather do anything than let my leader down that exists. And so those things happen. So what I would say is simply this. If you want to build an organization, if you want to build your a career, if you want to build a life that's beyond what you ever thought possible, this is the path to do that. Because once you have this grounding, you know how to make decisions, you make them consistently, and you'll work at a harder level because you'll only engage in things that are true to your purpose, either individually or organizationally. You'll never feel like you're working. Who wouldn't want that? You know, if you're listening to this, because you're not watching the video, if you're listening to this, one of the things I always constantly bring up is that you got to believe in what you're selling. You really got to believe in what you're selling because it flows from you naturally. What you just heard is a man who truly believes in what he's selling. And, you know, just listen to Sam. And I mean, there's not only is his content great, but his delivery is fantastic. And it's because he really believes in what he's selling. And, and he's not selling. He's just sharing because he truly believes this will help and serve other people. That's, that's where you come from. Sam, I know that's your core. I just want to make that clear to people. But I, but I love the way you, you deliver your message because uh, I, I speak to a lot of people who are just what I call talking templates, right? Who just read a book or two and they're espousing whatever it is. And I, and I love to hear that. Uh, that come from you like that with that energy. So you sold me in the end. You sold me, Sam. You, you did it, man. Hey, where can they find out more about you, Sam? Well, it's it's real simple. I mean, you can go to samsilverstein.com, iamaccountable.com, um, and you can find out more about me than you probably want to know. Um, by the way, out of all the books that you would recommend, you got 10 books, congratulations, by the way, that's a huge feat. Thank you. Which book would you recommend as a good starting point for, let's say, first a salesperson and then maybe a manager? You know what you're what you're doing now is is like you're saying, okay, you have four children. Which one do you love most? Um, and you know this because because you've written more books than I have. Um, I, you know what? I think if you just go to, I am accountable. I mean, it's, it's, I'm accountable, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm accountable looks at accountability first individually then it layers organizationally, and then it says, what happens if we're accountable? individually build an accountable organization how do we build accountability into our community and world and so this covers the gambit so i would say i am accountable is a great place to start perfect we'll leave it at that 
Anyway, Sam, I want to thank you for being on the Sales Influence Podcast. For those of you listening, that's it for the Sales Influence Podcast. Leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you find me. Love to hear your feedback. And also, if you haven't checked out the SalesVelocityAcademy.com, please do so. If you want to increase your sales velocity, go to SalesVelocityAcademy.com. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you, Sam. And remember, selling ain't hard when you know how and you're accountable, according to Sam Silverstein. Take care. Thank you.